Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you. The show, as always, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and a West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com online. Go check them out. Uh, the text line, if you want to get into the conversation this morning, one 401 And as it is... Getting closer to Halloween. Uh, let us know some uh, some horror stories that you may have encountered via fantasy sports this weekend. I, I ran into a few tough ones, and we'll, we'll get into that maybe later on in the show. I'll tell you how I pretty much could have had the best week and still would have lost. Uh, Brandon, good morning. How was the weekend? How are you doing? I'm doing well, Connor. Thank you. Uh, a great weekend, uh, including watching tons of hockey, watching a little bit of baseball, uh, go ahead and back to Delburn for the home opener of the Delburn Senior Outlaws game, running the broadcast for that. Uh, Outlaws 2-0 and to start the season. First time ever, I think, in their uh, six or seven years now in the ECSHL. Taking advantage of maybe a weak part of the schedule to start the season. But, oh. hey, you can only play the games that they're assigned to you. So rack up the wins while you can. And then, uh, and then a great day of football yesterday. A little on the hungover side, but powered through. <laughs> and then uh, took in the... Heritage Classic before going to play my own beer league hockey game down to the Claire Drake during what was basically the third period of the uh, the Heritage. So uh, a great weekend full of sports, both uh, watching and participating. Couldn't ask for a better one. Yeah, I mean, it, there really was a lot going on. You'd get like great college football, CFL, and then, of course, NFL, NHL, the NBA, the World Series. I mean, extras in the World Series, that's something. Game two. If you, if you just look at the box score, yeah, it was a, a blowout, but that didn't happen to kind of the 7th, 8th, ninth inning, so you had some competitive baseball as well. Uh, let us know at the text line, one 401 For those of you who did head down to Commonwealth yesterday, how was the overall experience? Did, uh, did it go as smooth as you remember from 2003? The weather was certainly a lot nicer. I don't know how many people were uh, hiding in the washrooms just to get warm this time around, but uh, let us know at the text line if you went to the game uh, out of 10. How many... How many stars would you give it? I guess it's usually a five-star system. But we'll go ten stars. Did you Did you have a good time? I heard some people complaining about certain aspects of it. But, I mean, watching it, it looked great visually. Like, it, it looked fantastic. I think they did a really good job with that. Uh, whether you're a Nickelback fan or not, I thought, you know, Nickelback did a good job. If you said you've never sang a Nickelback song by yourself, you're probably lying. Like, they've got some catchy songs. And, you know, the Oilers get the victory, which is the the big thing for me. Uh, Connor McDavid getting out there, I think it was about three and a half minutes in when he showed, yeah, I'm okay. Like, he, he took the puck, drove to the net. He looked pretty good. Uh, good to see the defenders getting goals. Vinny DeArnay getting his first ever NHL goal. Big time performer, 55,000 people. He shows up and the Oilers, hopefully the first of uh, a couple wins here because they certainly need to get things going. And this one, uh, the for three stars of the week just coming down. We're, we're a fantasy show. Who do you think would have been first star of the week, Brandon, if you had to guess in the NHL? I'm really putting you on the spot here. This is really putting me on the spot. If I had to guess, I still would think um, Jack Hughes might be in the mix somewhere. He continues to pace the league in points. His teammate, line mate even. Tyler Toffoli? Oh, First Tyler star. Toffoli. Six. Flames could have used uh, him out there last <laughs> night for a little <laughs> offensive support. Six goals, one assist, and four games played. Uh, that's not bad. Second star. You know what? I, I wonder if in fantasy, you know, when a starting goaltender goes down, if you're similar to like the NHL, I should go get his backup. Who's going to be the starting running back for uh, with Austin Eckler out of the lineup? Joshua Kelly. 
When uh, the goalie goes down down in Tampa, did anyone go get Jonas Johansson? Uh, should have I? Yes, because I drafted <laughs> Andre Vasilevsky still in one of my leagues, and I will admit it was too early because Yahoo's hockey drafts and I uh, had a bit of a difficult relationship during my drafts this year <laughs> where it would tell me I wasn't up and then I would like refresh the page and all of a sudden I actually picked six turns ago and it just auto-picked for me. So Vasilevsky was at the top of my queue just because I didn't organize it. I was just throwing guys in there. So I picked Vasilevsky too early and then I was like, okay, well, I'll just make sure once uh, the Lightning decide who they're going to run for their goaltender, I'll go pick him up as I throw Vasi on the IR. Uh, I forgot about the second part of that equation, so yeah. I did not get uh, Janssen, but um, somebody did. And I'm sure they're laughing because he's had a tremendous start to the season. The Lightning are cooking. Second star of the week. He was 2-0 with two shutouts. That's pretty good. System goaltender. Pretty good. I don't want to say it, but I'll (laughs) I'll throw it out there. Uh, Goalie controversy coming. And then the third star. A very impressive week. Namely because of a game against the Edmonton Oilers. Playing for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Ryan Hartman. Ryan Hartman. Uh, four games played, five goals, two assists. I think three of those goals, two of those assists came against the Edmonton Oilers. Nonetheless, a good week for him. And uh, those are your three stars of the week. Uh, 1-833-401-1440. We asked you, uh, what was your experience down at the Heritage Classic down at Commonwealth yesterday? Saw the music going on beforehand. Uh, had heard there was uh, some areas where it was tough to get into the stadium. I think you certainly had to factor getting there early. I mean, we we went through that with the soccer games a couple of years ago here in November. Uh, Yeah, you you had to get there early. Uh, Rockford says eight stars. Beer prices are insane. Yeah, beer. You know, they get you. They get you with the beer prices because you're going to buy it. Like, you're not going to go to the game and then not sit down and have a cold one, even if it's cold outside. Like, you're... They, they, they just know whatever the price is. Like, even if it was like 15, 20 bucks, you'd be like, okay, just one, I guess. And it's tough. Uh, kind of gone are the days of maybe slipping a little flask of uh, <laughs> some something with a little spice to it, a little heat to it, whether it be some whiskey or for some uh, some cinnamon whiskey into your jacket pocket. Those those just days don't happen anymore. They, you you got to get your bags checked, and I understand it's a safety thing, padded down, whatever. But here's my – and maybe Rockford can can clarify this for me. Did Commonwealth change their beer prices to reflect the Oilers playing there or are the prices at Commonwealth fixed regardless? Because I uh, I didn't make it out to an Elks game this season, but I did go to the Luke Combs concert uh, this summer. So I do know that the beer is, or at least was, cheaper, still expensive, but cheaper than it is at Rogers Place. So were the beer prices quote-unquote jacked up or raised to reflect the fact that it was an Oilers game and not the Commonwealth prices. I'm curious to know that. Let me know, Rockford. Uh, Gregor had tweeted yesterday to bring cash. It's quicker for beer. Many stations on Concourse and Supercan is 10.50 in cash only. 10.50 is frustrating. A 20 should get you two beers. You would think. <laughs> like 9.50 is the perfect price because you hand them the 20, you get your two beers, you dollar tip or whatever, and that's... I think this is a thing that a lot of businesses have gone to, uh, especially cash-based places, and this might have existed a lot longer and I just wasn't quite as keen to it at the bars or whatever, that they do charge for cash, you know, these weird numbers, so they got to break down change and they are encouraging you just to dump that change into the tip jar. I feel like if they're deserving of a tip, they'll get a tip from me regardless, whether it's, uh, you know, and more inconvenience for breaking down change or whatever. So I I think the 950 
or even 925 would be perfect because then you're still getting the tip, a nice, uh, decent one. Then for basically just pulling two cans of beer out of a little tray, yeah. cracking them and handing them to you. And it, and it just, I think, would keep people a lot happier too, even if it is only a dollar difference in the actual price. Got to trust Beer Man here. He says they were increased 25 cents for the classic from 1025 to 1050, mm. which is just like, I mean, that 25 cent margin over all the beers that were sold, I'm sure it made a difference, but I'm with you. Like if, if it's $9, you're going to get a $2 tip. That's just how I, d- I don't want that change. Like take it. I've got to put my mitts back on. I'm out of here. But once you start going to you know, two beers is $21. If I give you a 20 and a five, I'm not leaving all that money. Like I, I might take it yeah. back because I'm grumpy. That, so. Well, that's exactly <laughs> it. And, and I did have that opinion sometimes like back when I was uh, hitting up the bars a little more regularly and you uh, you hand your money and the bartender does the the hover hand Yo, over the tip jar with the change. The and so it's like, you seriously think I'm giving you $7 tip for making me this uh, Ryan water? Like <laughs> you are out of your mind, buddy. And then as you start to get to know, know them a little bit more, if you are a um, cough, regular cough, uh, and they'll know that don't do that. And then maybe I will start to leave a little more generous tips as you build that rapport with them. Not as likely at these mass events and things, but um, yeah, uh, this, uh, this text from Victor, they don't pat down your crotch. Two <laughs> pairs of underwear, boys, long johns to stay warm and a pair of pouch sacks. For your flask, rookies, LOL. Well, Victor, I mean, hey, you do you, buddy. I am. Uh, I don't think I'm quite that hard up, no pun intended, I guess, to uh, get in a flask of some uh, some fire water in there. But if that's what floats your boat, you go nuts. See, I was gonna say, like, people can get it in. They'll they'll find a way. In, to in, do and it. I think in a common oath, because there aren't there still aren't metal detectors, right? At the end, they they they, oh, they have wow. the tables to check. Metal's Thanks. not going to go off from a little by little bottle. You get that little plastic one. I guess if you're just sneaking the the airplane bottles <laughs> in, I guess. But there's you got to be creative to do this. Non-metal flask. There okay. You go. Yeah. Okay. Like a nice old uh, like leather pouch, like straight out of Game of Thrones, like your uh, your cantina that you got yeah. slung around your shoulder on a leather strap. Why not? Okay. I mean, I love that. I I think even if it was metal and it goes off, like uh, yeah, I had my hip done. <laughs> like just just believe me, okay. <laughs> Yeah, go through, buddy. Uh, you certainly find a way to get warm, though. I, I like that commitment, Victor. Um, I remember, like, as a kid going to Elks games, Eskimos at the time, and the security guards would smell our Slurpees that we brought in. And we'd be like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you smelling for? Vodka. <laughs> okay, that actually makes sense. I've done that. Yeah. Usually to, um, not to, to bigger events, but to Bears games, Golden Bears games, into the Drake which mm. was kind of silly because we would just bring in one Slurpee, throw a couple of splashes of whiskey in there, and then once you polish that off, get in line for the uh, the beer, which are very reasonably priced at uh, university events comparatively to these pro ones. So uh, that was just a nice little warm-up experience for the walk over there uh, to the Drake from our house just off campus, and then uh, you buy the beer once you're there. So, yeah, I've definitely indulged in the, uh, the liquored-up Slurpee before. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Rockford says Rogers plays prices for the hockey game. I'm thinking talking about the beers. The six beers was almost the price of my ticket. Uh, Justin says beer prices were cheaper than Oilers. Ten fifty for tall cans, which is sort of reasonable. The fifty cents is annoying for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No name on this one. Eight stars. It could have, or it was ran well. All things considered, some bottlenecks at times. Great night for it. Watching game at Rogers Place is still much nicer. Could barely see in row fourteen. Great experience, regardless. And no name on that one. But that's it. It's an event. Like. I went back in 2003, so I, I wasn't as 
rush to go to this one. I had some other things going on, so I couldn't make it. But yeah, you know, you're not going to regret going to that game and experiencing it. You're not going to remember like, oh, so, you know, there was a little bit of lines getting in like 20 years down the road. That's not the memory. It's going to be. I was outside watching a hockey game and it was cool. The Oilers and the Oilers won. won. That's I think the 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 uh, the creme de la creme on top is that a lot of people's opinions of the event might be a little bit different if the Oilers had come out and laid an egg. They didn't. They played well pretty much start to finish, uh, scoring five on five goals, scoring third period goals, grit gritty play from uh, several players, good goaltending. It was it was a great performance by the Oilers, and now it's just going to be a matter of whether they can uh, duplicate that and carry it forward because. We were kind of saying the same thing after that win uh, in Nashville. That hey, this team's all of a sudden getting their footing in on the on the way. Well, that didn't really last after that Nashville win. So yeah. now they uh, they've got their work cut out for them still uh, later this week with Dallas. Yeah, Dallas a very good team, but like you said, some building points in that game. Uh, I did a morning show and I was asked about you know the defensive goal scored and I'm you know it was kind of could that be a problem? You can't rely on that. And I thought well for this game you're taking it. Like it's okay, it's okay. You'll take you'll take it any way you can get it right now for the Edmonton Oilers. And if occasionally your defense steps up and scores a few goals, that's great. You know, it's great if occasionally your goalie steps up and steals you a game. That's that's all part of the team. So I don't think I don't think that's too much of a concern. More of a, a building point because you know the Oilers' offense, the forwards, they're going to get theirs. Uh, no name on this one. They did have metal detectors there. Justin also saying Commonwealth had metal detectors last night. So if there's metal detectors, you can sneak in non-metal flasks because you will not be patted down. Our listeners have it all planned out. Something tells me a few of you uh, snuck in some of the uh, outside beverages, and uh, I hope it kept you warm. Hope you guys all had an amazing time because it it looked like such a world-class event and uh, good on the Oilers and the NHL for making it all happen. Uh, 1-833-401-1440. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit of the NFL I'll let you know my horror story from the weekend as I had absolutely no chance in this one. Also, uh, to the people who texted in, it was the first time. One person had eight stars. The other person mentioned the no metal detectors or the metal detectors. Uh, send us a text back with your name. Uh, we'll get you into the system. We're really trying to uh, get everyone in so we always know who's texting into the shows. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440 brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. one 1440 is the number if you want to get in. Uh, we'll be back after this. Talk a little NFL here on the Frenzy. 1120 in the city. It is Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you. Fantasy Frenzy, as always, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Com. The text line is one 401 If you want to text in, uh, something we are, are looking at in the future here is uh, the worst team in fantasy football. And we might, we might have something cooking. So uh, it, we could get ahead of that right now. If you want to send in uh, screenshots, you know, potentially your team really underperformed, we can have some fun with it. I mean, I'm probably there every second week where my team just looks absolutely awful. So if you want to send in your uh, worst team to 1-833-401-1440, you can do so. We can uh, have some laughs. I just looked at uh, my team. I was telling Brandon and told you guys, you know, in one league, I'm doing okay. If Jared Goff, uh, you know, goes out and throws for five touchdowns and a victory, then I'll lose. I can accept that. Uh, But in another league, right now I'm up by two points. My opponent this week had A.J. Brown, who had 25 points, DeAndre Hopkins, who had 30 points, Alvin Kamara, 
who had 23 points, and uh, Terry McLaurin, ho-hum, 12 points. But, like, Brandon, is that not the worst part of fantasy football? Like, I, so I have Pittman at ETN, who kind of went off, and Jonathan Taylor. And I thought, okay, you know, this this is okay. Jalen Hurts finished with 27 points. But basically, anytime there was a touchdown, my opponent was picking it up. DeAndre Hopkins with Will Levis, absolutely going off. Three touchdowns. And we could probably talk about Will Levis in a second here as well, but uh, pretty frustrating when things just don't go your way in fantasy football and uh, your opponent just seems to just have one of those weeks where they go crazy. Yeah, I was in a pretty similar boat, boat uh, to you. Uh, my opponent, uh, shout out Logan, still undefeated, uh, well, likely to be um, after tonight's game. Uh, in the Hood Rats League, uh, he had A.J. Brown, had Alvin Kamara, Jalen Hurts, uh, amongst others all the way down the line. Uh, virtually no bad performance from this weekend. My team was okay, so-so. I'm, I don't think I'm probably in quite as bad of a situation as you. Like, I'm not going to be the second highest scorer in the league and come up with a loss, per se. But, um, yeah, some guys, they uh, that's just how it goes some weeks more than not. And I find, and this is something I've just noticed when our, um, in our Dynasty League, is that eventually a certain team is just good no matter what. And that's where my friend Logan is at right now. He's uh, far and away the favorite to, to win the league. And each week's reports that the app puts out, his uh, percentage to win the championship is obviously incredibly high. And when you stockpile players like uh, like those ones I just listed down there, in addition to guys like Stefan Diggs, um, and then some good depth coming off the bench, I just made a trade with him that now he's got Kate Auden as his backup tight end, who actually had a pretty good Thursday night game. Um it's it's frustrating, but there's nothing you can do about it. So you kind of just got to let the water roll off your back and look ahead to the next week's matchup where, in theory, if all the good players are just on the one team, then uh, all the other matchups should be a little bit easier for you. Uh, we got a text coming in here. one 401 says, hey, guys, just saw Leonard Fournette is signing with the Bills practice squad. Would you take a look at him? Uh, Brandon, how about you? I mean, he's on the practice squad. I I maybe they're working in slowly to to get him involved with the the real squad but i i don't know he's he's on the practice squad it, it, unless you're, you're like a super deep league and you're just trying to dash or stash him there then I, I don't think you need to yeah you'd have to be pretty hard up to <laughs> to justify picking up for ned at least i mean if you really think he's going to land on the on the team get elevated here and make the roster then it's worth taking a flyer on i guess if you've got a disposable spot on your bench but what this points out more so to me is that the Bills had been a team that I think a lot of people drew connections to to maybe acquiring Derrick Henry from Tennessee. Now, you aforementioned Will Levis now under center uh, for the Titans. Are they all of a sudden a team that's going to come back and kind of reevaluate to make um, a push here at the playoffs, which I, even if they traded Henry away, I don't think they would have been steering away from it. It would make it a lot harder. But when you have one of the best running backs in the past X amount of years on your team, it certainly would make a playoff push easier, especially as you get into the colder weather. Uh, that's when Derrick Henry tends to do his best work. So this uh, this more so points to me that if they're going to add Fournette to uh, the James Cook situation, then maybe they're not interested in Henry anymore because um, now there are some other na- uh, other teams emerging as possibly seeking out the services of Derrick Henry. Trade deadline's right uh, around the corner. Is it t- technically tomorrow, Connor? Or is it uh, like... Tomorrow is the last day before the deadline officially comes on Wednesday. Uh, two o'clock tomorrow. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so NFL trade deadline is weird. It's not like the NHL trade deadline or, or even the NBA where you see tons of bodies moving and big names and things like that. 
it's uh, it's much more rare. And now one of the biggest names out there potentially was Kirk Cousins. The Vikings have put themselves right back in the mix, but now the unfortunate injury to Cousins, he's going to be out for the season. There's a name off the board. The, the Vikings might still go and get a quarterback from somebody, a backup, a veteran, something. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, the Fournette thing, I don't know. If 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 you're really uh, hard up, go for it. Otherwise, I think it's probably going to not uh, not have a ton of impact on a on a fantasy basis. Yeah, I mean, there, I'm thinking like trade deadline deals, and I, it's hard to think of ones that have really like. When was Von Miller traded? He went to the Rams. They won a Super Bowl. That was a midseason acquisition. I wonder if you were to make the NFL's trade deadline like week 15 and then maybe teams are like, okay, we are in a serious position, but we need to address this. Let's go get that guy. And it might be tough for them to get into the lineup immediately, but the the trade deadline is just so early on in the season. There's so many things that could be answered. And, you know, now I wonder like if those teams that maybe wanted Kirk Cousins, I'm not a doctor, but that looked like his Achilles just, I can't make a good pop sound. Like there it, you go. it was gone. Like it, you saw it did the same thing up his calf, which happened with any other professional athletes that has blown up their Achilles. I mean, wh- where do you look now? Like Will Levis was good. Is Ryan Tannehill that guy? I don't think so. I don't think you're going to go out there and make that trade, but it's, it is certainly intriguing uh, for what might happen. Uh, St. Albert, Kevin, is that me or you? I don't know. I heard some noise there. <laughs> uh, he says he sends us a, a screenshot. He says he is Laporta. What are his chances to win? It looks like he needs 15 points, and uh, Jameer Gibbs is on the opposing side. Saint Albert, Kevin, I'm saying you have like a two percent chance to win. That might be generous. You got to uh, make up 15 points going up against a running back. Yeah, uh, if this is. And I was going to say, if this is PPR, it might increase your chances, but Jameer Gibbs had nine receptions last week, so I uh, I don't necessarily even think that that helps you out because uh, Gibbs is the only, or the, not the only, but the main man, once again, David Montgomery out for the Lions. So uh, Laporta's been great, and I expect him to be great again tonight, but um, your chances of winning, me thinks, are pretty slim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there's always a chance. Like in, in my Never league, say never. Never say never. I have a two-point lead going up against Jared Goff and uh, the Iceman Carlson for the Raiders. Could Goff pull a hammy and warm up and miss the game? It's possible. I could win. Carlson maybe too. He's already listed as questionable. But I think, that, I think you and I are just going to have to accept defeat in that one. Justin says, do you guys think Gus Edwards is now a consistent starter? I started him in one league and benched him in another and will likely lose because of it. Well, yeah, yesterday he was fantastic. Three touchdowns. I, I kind of think you almost have to. Uh, since coming back from London, he's gotten over 15 carries in these games. Uh, he had, oh, sorry, that's not true. Averaging over 15. He had 16 against Tennessee. 41 yards, uh, but then last week against the Lions, 14 carries for 64 yards and one touchdown, and then yesterday against the Cards, 19 carries, 80 yards, and three touchdowns. Like, I don't know if you would necessarily expect that three-touchdown performance out of him. Like, let's let's be real. In the previous six weeks of the season, he had one touchdown. He's just had four touchdowns in the last two games, but I certainly think, you know, if you're if you're in a deeper league and he's in your flex spot, I, I would have no problem with, st- with starting Gus Edwards. But I wouldn't expect 
multiple touchdowns every week. No, I I, I also picked him up, uh, Justin. I picked him up heading into this weekend, even though I already have like too many running backs and probably not enough uh, or not not enough wide receivers. Um, and I started Edwards over uh, uh, Josh Jacobs, who is still to play tonight, and also over the likes of Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. The uh, the bigger issue is that I still also started Damian Pierce, who had another uh, absolute dud of a game, uh, who Connor and I both have been Don't on this guy's bandwagon. Uh, we're high on him going into the draft, and there's a good chance to break out with a rookie quarterback, but it's kind of been mostly the C.J. Stroud show of the pass game, much more so than the running threat from uh, down in Houston. So uh, Pierce, uh, Kevin and I were talking about this right at the end of the Kevin Carey show that like both of us as well own Pierce. He's probably going to be stapled to the bench now, and it's going to be a Kareem Hunt and or Jerome Ford, a, a regular dosage. And I think Gus Edwards, um, maybe barring some matchup situations, probably going to be a regular starter for me moving forward in that league too. Andrew Beck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Damian Pierce gets you to the one-inch yard line, and you give it to Andrew Beck. Come on. Give your Demi- running back. Demico Ryans loves, uh, loves a man with some grit, and Andrew Beck certainly qualifies. Like, yeah. that that blew my mind. You're, Damian Pierce is at a tough season, like, gets you down to the one-inch line, and you don't let him bury it. Like, that's that's his sweet spot, right? He, he's, a, he's got the high motor. He, I was so mad. And I'm a Damian Pierce apologist and fantasy owner, so that did not help me. But when they called back his touchdown and then gave it to the fullback, that just grinded my gears. I was so frustrated with that one. Um, anyway, sorry. When you, uh, you you said Damian Pierce's name, and I just it brought back it the bad you. memories from yesterday. hundred percent. Connor's triggered. Uh, Lance says, "Go Raiders!" Yes, the Raiders taking on the Detroit Lions tonight. Uh, Brandon, you mentioned it in this one. the The Lions will be without Montgomery, but they've got Gibbs. They've got Laporta. They've got Williams. St. Brown. I think is supposed to be back. Supposed to be back. Uh, on the flip side for the Raiders, Devontae Adams, you got to start. Josh Jacobs, you have to start. But uh, Or do you? Would you not start him? I sat him this week in favor of Gus Edwards. Oh, okay. Well, good call. Yeah. And well, we'll be, see. Because Jacobs says he had one really good game. Other than that, he's been incredibly underwhelming. And maybe you can attribute that to uh, missing training camp and, and with the contract situation, kind of not getting those reps early on this fall. But yeah, he just, the, the Raiders as a whole don't inspire me. I think Devontae Adams is probably the only uh, must-start te- player on that offense right now just because he's going to get the ball or should get the ball every second throw on average, if not more often. Uh, Jimmy G's back. Uh, he's he's slated to start tonight. I don't know if anybody's starting him, especially in a week where literally every team was playing. Um, even in a super flex situation, if Jimmy G's your second quarterback, I think your team probably doesn't have a great record. But um, yeah, outside of that, uh, the, the Lions offense is full of guys that you'd be starting regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders, not so much. Yeah, Jared Goff, I think, will be a, a good start this week against that Raiders defense. I mean, I will say Max Crosby can take a game over. That guy is unbelievable. But yeah, yeah, you're still going to start a lot of guys on the Detroit Lions. And yeah, Josh Jacobs, I, I would not advocate for people to sit out a training camp if you're a running back, if you want to get paid like this year, as good as he was last year. He's averaging 2.9 yards per carry. Uh, if you're going to get 25 carries again like he did against the Patriots, yeah, you know, he averaged 3.1. He actually min- uh, averaged negative yards in his second game back against the Buffalo Bills. Nine carries for two minus two yards. Now, receiving-wise, he did light up the Chargers for 81 yards, but that's a good point. I think Josh Jacobs is a guy you certainly have to consider the matchup. 
Plumber Topher. Go Dusty's Lions. Yeah, Dusty's been a long-time Lions fan, for sure. Uh, Lance says, where are you watching the game con man? Lance, I'm actually going to be down at the Canadian brew house. Uh, this segment is actually brought to you by the Canadian brew house, uh, our mailbag. Uh, you can join me or Brandon Monday, Thursday and Sunday night for your chance to qualify for awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to go down to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I'll be at the Leduc Canadian brew house tonight. So if you're in the Leduc area, South Edmonton, North Edmonton, you want to make a drive, come down and see me tonight. I'm going to bring a couple Sports 1440 hats to give away. And then we'll also be giving away the barbecue meat package, which I don't have to tell you, in this economy, is worth quite a bit. It could be worth a tank of gas to come see me down at Leduc. So if you're in the area and you want to come watch some football with me, uh, that's where we will be tonight. Lance, if you want to come by, first pops on me. Maybe we'll get some cauliflower bites as well. But it's going to be a good one. And I don't know if you, Brandon, if you saw over the weekend, uh, Biz Nasty down at the Ice House. Man, he got a rock star's entrance when he walked in. That looked unbelievable. I was I was certainly jealous. Uh, as uh, discussed off the top of the show, I was back in Delburn for the, the senior team's game. But uh, And I told the boys when we were at the bar afterwards that I, uh, I gave up the opportunity to go kind of rub shoulders with Biz Nasty for the night as uh, our good friend Patty from the Brew House certainly could have uh, hooked me up, I think, if I was able to make it down there and yeah. get a chance to, to hang with Biz for a bit. So I gave up that opportunity to instead go do play-by-play for a senior A hockey game that broadcasts on Facebook. Dedica- dedicated to my craft. What can I say? Wow, he really downplayed that and, and, one. And can you can you believe this? That uh, when I was telling this to the boys at the bar, none of them even offered to buy me a beer uh, no? for giving up that opportunity. You don't think Biz would have bought me a beer? I'm hanging with the wrong type of guys. Apparently, you would have had uh, probably a couple beers, probably a couple Pink Whitneys, probably a couple bottles of Pink Whitney. We gave uh, we had like an opportunity, Patty of the Brew House, uh, to to take the listener down there and have some fun. And they're like, it was listed in our little description. Patty will take care of you. And I just thought that whoever that is, he's not walking out. He's going to get <laughs> carried out. Uh, I'm sure it was a good time down at the brew house. Uh, Ice house is unbelievable too. If you're going to a game, uh, I cannot say it enough. Stop into the ice house. That's a great spot to be before and after Oilers games or anything going on down at the ice district. Uh, JG, uh, JG, are you me? Boys, Pierce and Madison are single-handedly derailing my fantasy season. I would rather have a blank spot than play those two. I'm with you, JG. I uh, exact same sort of thing. I I had high hopes for Pierce and Madison this year. Drafted them in both my leagues, I believe, and it's just gone downhill. So, and then you know my stubbornness doesn't help because I'm like, they'll bounce back. They're going to do it later on in the year, and it just hasn't happened. Chomsker says I lost one thirty seven to one thirty five because Mahomes sucks. Yeah, that vaunted Broncos defense that gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. Well, they came to play. Justin Simmons is really good. So is Sertan. Like, they've got some some pieces on that Broncos defense, and you can't just be hucking it up like Mahomes was. But, yeah, he, he people were joking. Here comes the flu game, referencing Michael Jordan's flu game. And it wasn't like that for Patrick Mahomes. Tough one for the Chiefs. No Taylor Swift in the crowd. Maybe that played a factor. It had to have. They've, <laughs> they've been unstoppable when she's been there. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Mahomes unable to emulate the uh, the great MJ with the flu game performance. That was an ugly game. Turnovers and the Broncos uh, defense looking or doing, maybe not looking, but doing basically what they did all last season in terms of keeping their team in games even when the offense cannot get anything going. And yeah, just uh, I talked earlier about the um, Panthers and Texans game being a bit of a snoozer. This one was not much better. Uh, 24-9 the final. 
between when you're the Chiefs and you're only scoring nine points, something's uh, something's not firing correctly. And uh, another week of a couple different Chiefs receivers having trouble with drops and and missed opportunities to convert. I don't think this will be a lingering thing for the Chiefs by any stretch. But with um, like once again the trade deadline tomorrow, do the Chiefs try and go and do something to bring it? They brought back McCole Hardman. Hasn't uh, had a huge effect so far. He looks fine in that offense. Very comfortable with it, of course. But Bad fumble. Bad fumble. Punt yeah, return. very true. So, uh, yeah, it certainly looks like Kadarius Tony, not the guy. Rushy Rice, still with some growing pains. He had uh, one, for sure, pretty bad drop yesterday that I can remember off the top of my head. Hardman, more as a, an extra or side guy. It's nice having Travis Kelsey as your de facto number one option, but I think you need a legitimate wideout that you can trust on a down-to-down basis uh, if you want to be a Super Bowl contender, which the Chiefs definitely do. Yeah, I, and I wonder who are the targets that they, they could potentially look at. I mean, I I had, I told you on Friday, I made the big leap of faith benching Kyle Pitts. Didn't even look what he did in the game. I assume it was nothing. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins kind of stole the show in that one. I wonder if Kyle Pitts would be someone they would consider moving on from. Uh, three receptions, 35 yards. So yes, Kyle Pitts... Be done. Another nice six-point outing. I, I want to release you, sir. So if he's not traded, he might actually find his way onto the waiver wire, and I might just have to roll with Dalton Kincaid. Uh, other games around the league, you know, the Saints-Colts gave you some fantasy points. Uh, Jets-Giants, I guess, hypothetically, if you bet the under or started one of their defenses, you probably did okay. Eagles-Commanders was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Sam Howell <laughs> went off. Four touchdowns, 400 passing yards. That's good to see A.J. Brown. As we've highlighted, he had a pretty good game as well. The game that I thought would be a little bit better was the Niners and Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow, I don't know if we can say he's back, but that was kind of a statement game going up against that Niners defense who has looked a little questionable in the last couple weeks, but still a very good unit. Uh, Joe Burrow, 28 of 32, three touchdowns. He looked terrific. Uh, They got the run game going with Joe Mixon as well. He had a pretty good game. And then uh, Jamar Chase, touchdown, 10 receptions, 100 yards. That's a nice little performance as well. Uh, We'll take a break here. When we come back, we will take some more of your text into the inbox, 1-833-401-1440. Please put your name on that so we can get you into the system. That was the mailbag brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl. Join me tonight at their location in Leduc. As the Raiders take on the Lions, should be a fun one. It might be far away, but I can tell you it will be worth a drive, Lance. I saw you say it's a little far. I know it is, but it will be worth a drive. I promise you that. Okay, we'll take a break. When we come back, more of your text. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Hallie and Douglas brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It is Fantasy Frenzy. one 401 is the text line if you want to get in on the conversation. The show, as always, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com, Alberta's best beef jerky. Lance texting in saying he won a trip at the Heritage Classic. So I said, where to? And he sent in a list of where he could potentially go. Brandon, you were dropping some of these names, like all over the Caribbean. Belize would be cool. Uh, He's got Mexico. Oh, I I like Mexico. 21 different caribbean options uh, <laughs> another 10 destinations in mexico and then remaining uh 20 i guess in around the united states both uh non-continental there's uh, a handful of hawaii options even in there as well so man lance i don't know how you managed to swing that and who you had to grease to 
get your name drawn out of this hat, but my goodness. Where would you go? Florida, California, Hawaii. You got Vegas in there. Lance, you're a Raider fan. Vegas might be cool. Yeah, just get the, get the trip uh, during the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah, weekend, and then you just got to splurge on, you know, probably however many Gs for uh, a set of tickets to go. Um, to answer your question, Connor, I, I would be inclined to go international. I just think traveling uh, in the States and stuff. There, there's a tons of places on here, Nashville, Atlanta, uh, Vegas I've been, but even a couple places down in Texas that are certainly on my list to, to check out. A couple spots down in SoCal as well. But this list of 21 different places in the Caribbean you can go. I've never been. I've been to Mexico a couple times, but that's the extent of that. So I'd love to go check out some of these more um, tropical places, uh, some with some real natural, um, like physical landscape beauty as well. Um, I'm a sucker for that kind of thing, like sightseeing and stuff. So um, maybe Turks and Caicos. I can go find uh, the best places to store my money on an (laughs) offshore account. Yeah, there's a lot of good options, Lance. That's really cool. Congratulations. If you want to send in your recommendations for Lance, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. He's got options all over the place. Yeah, it, we're, we're, we won't read them all out, but basically name any island for the uh, island slash country uh, down in the Caribbean, any main destination place in Mexico, or any of twenty different cities in the United States that you would consider. Uh, tourist destinations they're on this list 52 total possible places he could go <laughs> that is insane oh man i'm jealous that'll be very cool uh text coming in from chomskers hey guys do you think that tyreek hill hits 2000 plus receiving yards if he stays healthy i do he's averaging 126 yards per game He's unbelievable. AJ right Brown now. could very well hit it. He's he's hit 125 for six straight yeah. games now, which is an NFL record. Um, and I mean, uh, Brown, if it weren't for that kind of slow first couple games after he had to, you know, be the squeaky wheel and say, "Hey, get me the ball." Since then, it's been it's been the uh, AJ Brown show in Philly. So yeah, a couple of real standout performances so far through the season is which it's crazy to think about. We're creeping up on over the halfway point. Yeah. Hey, availability, best ability, right? Yeah. If you, if they stay healthy, I think both those guys will make a run. I would probably lean to the Dolphins just playing in the warmer weather. Philly's going to have to go to Washington and where else? The New York Giants, some colder weather games. Maybe that slows them down. But then again, the Dolphins do have to go to Buffalo, New York, and Foxborough. So we'll see. That'll be interesting. Uh, Jeff says, hey, guys, you see the Broncos played a Taylor Swift song after they won? Yeah, that's some that's some pretty elite trolling right there. And the, the Chiefs are opening themselves up to that. Whenever they lose, I think opposing teams, especially, you know, social media, they're going to go after that thing. So, yeah, that'll be a tough one. Uh, Blake taking some shots at our boy Brandon. Says his team's not too good. Blake. Brandon's got some injuries. You can't predict that. Even still, I'm <laughs> still remaining competitive. My Arguably my top two wide receivers, Mike Williams, Justin Jefferson, on the IR for the entire season. And because our benches in this dynasty league are so big, we don't have IR spots. So you just got to stash them and then utilize whatever else you got. So I've made some pickups. Tank Dell um, has been mostly good, not so good this week. Um, is it Jackson Bobo? With the Seahawks, I just, pick, he goes by one name, just Bobo, Bobo. like Beyonce. <laughs> uh, he was great last week in Metcalf's abs, and he's still sitting on the bench. Uh, Brandon Cooks has emerged the last two weeks, uh, finally getting going in Dallas. So Blake, you can you can cool it. I'm not even playing Blake this week, but he still feels the need to take shots at me. Um, 
because like I said, I I lost in, in this league going up against the number one team in the league. Like tough. Unprovoked attack. Jake Bobo. Jake, uh, Jake. We should we should honor him and say his real name. Uh but just Bobo. Fantastic. Uh Jay Niner forty six, sometimes known as Niner Man seventy seven. <clears throat> Says, hey, boys, traded for King Henry and Spears and a third-round pick for Cook, Madison, and a first-round pick. How do I do sitting second in my dynasty? I mean, I'd say you did pretty good. Is it James Cook or Dalvin Cook? Because Dalvin Cook is a non-factor at this point. I would say you made out even better. Madison, non-factor. Pretty much. But Henry and Spears, pretty good one-two punch there. I like that, that you're covering your bases, too, and because that also links into a text that we had from... Uh, who was it? Someone was asking about Spears. If yeah, oh, Kurt from Barhead. If there um, was a trade for Henry, yeah, is Spears still worth having uh, stashed on the bench in case of a Henry trade? I think they said they weren't going to tra- trade him, though. I think that yeah, it's looking. I think more so that uh, Derek Henry would probably be staying put. But it's always nice having Spears as a backup. I mean, Henry doesn't exactly have a history of tra- uh, injury. Um, an ex- extensive injury, I guess, but you never know. I- I'm still holding on to um, Mitchell out in San Fran at the point that CMC goes down. Somebody's got to take those reps, and especially a team that relies so heavily on the run like Tennessee does with Henry. Yeah, I, I don't think Spears is a-, a bad person to have stashed away on the bench. Justin of Balgoni says, I dropped Pitts. Way too inconsistent. Uh, I totally agree. But in case he gets traded, just there's just a gleam there. Uh, St. Albert Kevin texting in, I have Laporta. What are my chances of pulling off the win? Wait, no. We've already seen that one. Where was the, where was the big one you had pointed out to me? Oh, that's Slurpee Sean. Slurpee, okay, that, I meant to click that one. Down 102. I have Jacobs, <laughs> Laporta, St. Brown, and Gibbs. Full VPR. I'm good, right? 102. Sean, what happened? He he probably had like what you and I had. Like well, that and I mean, if you're if you're looking at a standard roster of uh, two running backs, a quarterback, three wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex, like he's still yet to have just under half his team to play here with uh, <laughs> both running backs, a wide receiver, and a tight end. So, but down a hundred and two, that is drastic. My goodness. I uh, I hope you come back because that means it's going to be a really good game tonight. So that'll be all time. Take a <laughs> screenshot of it right now and then save that. And when you're, uh, you know, reveling in your victory tomorrow morning, take a screenshot of that and send it back in as well. And we'll uh, we'll have a field day with it because yeah, you're looking at uh, just over 25 uh, average points per what you need from those four players to pull out a W. And it's that is under the assumption that your opponent has nobody left to play. Sturby Sean went up against Kamara, Hall, Burrow, Tua, and Kelsey. So there, yeah. Oh, and Barkley. And Barkley's team is yeah, stacked. Tough matchup. Yeah, looks that, like you're in about the same boat as me and Connor this week. Let's say you just take the L. Uh, someone said no name here. Just says, hey, it has to be Jamaica. There's so many beautiful. Well, there's so much beauty and so many great people there. So uh, Lance, there's a little advice from no name. Yeah, Mont- Montego Bay and Kingston, both options on the list here. Number sixteen and seventeen. Lance says, uh, me and my wife, were sitting, I think that was the Borat voice I. there. Where I, I, I kind of half, you know, it wasn't a good attempt there. Uh, they were in their seats early, sitting there having a hot dog, and there was two ice girls just standing there, so I waved at them. They came up and chatted and asked if I would like to do a contest, and that's why you be friendly to everyone. Amen. I love, I love that outlook, Lance, uh, both on the friendly to everyone and the fact that you're, uh, you know, you did it without 
any expectation of reward and uh, you get yourself entered in and and then the grand scheme rewarded you for that positive uh, positive outlook and friendly attitude. I'm happy for you. I hope you really enjoy that trip wherever you decide to go. Everyone love everyone. That's what uh, I always say. And Jackie Moon. But hey, just, you know, be positive out there. Good things will happen. Uh, very quickly here, I'm just checking in to see if our good friend Declan Kruger posted their lineup. And he, did. he did. 15 minutes ago. So coming up today on the Lowdown with Low Tide, of course, they'll recap the Heritage Classic. They'll be joined by Hondo Carpenter. Covers the Vegas Raiders for Sports Illustrated. They've also got... <laughs> it looks like a new segment. Mama MMA. I think I think this is a plan. Mama Mia. A weekend recap. Uh, that's going to be Declan Kruger taking over that segment, talking some MMA. And then at 120, Jason Greger will be by. Talk about, uh, I guess, his experience at the Heritage Classic as well. And then on the Jason Greger show, we've got Robin Brownlee, Cam Tate, uh, Terry Ryan in the co-host chair from 3 to 5. We'll have Josh Yohe, Pittsburgh Penguins beat reporter. We'll hear Ryan's rant, Andy Petrillo of One Soccer, Mark Spector, and Kevin Woodley of Ingle Magazine. So it is a loaded day here on Sports 1440. Uh, I guess that's going to do it for us. The music is playing, so we can wrap this one up, eh, La- The last one here, Blake, coming back in. Mark it on your calendar. Week 10, putting Brandon's team in the dirt. Hashtag <laughs> the champ is here. I do believe Blake is the defending champion of the Hood Rats League, or at least a past winner. I think I've never done better than second, so I- I've got it circled, Blake. You've officially made it personal. It's well, well, we'll have to see. I'll put something on the line there for that one. Brandon and Blake when they meet in week the, 10. The worst part is we're both Houston Texans fans. So normally we align on all of our football things. But now Blake's uh, making us adversaries. How could he? Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into the show today. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 11 again. Right now we will get to a update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove and West Edmonton Mall. Wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.